the C-12 Faith and Business Show, sponsored by the C-12 Group. What does it look like to run a business for Christ, by Christ, beyond symbols and charity? What does it really mean to live out your faith while leading in business? Real stories of real leaders trusting Christ and making eternal impact through the businesses God has called them to steward locally. It's all about building great business for greater purpose. Not just good business, business as ministry, business as mission, and business as worship. Hey there, my name is Mike Sherrill with the C12 Group, and you're joining the C12 Faith and Business Show. Do you run a business? Do you have a job? Do you go to work? Most of us do. And if you're a Christian, you may have found yourself asking the question, what does it mean to be a Christian at work? What does it mean to be a Christian as an executive? Or maybe you own a business and you get to determine where the direction that company is. What does it mean to do that with Christ at the center of your life and of that business? Well, that this show is meant to answer that question. We, we interview business leaders from around the community diving into what that looks like with the hope that God would use their testimony to inspire and challenge you to think differently about your work. And today, I'm joined by a highly esteemed guest of honor. Looks like Pierce Brosnan, for those of you who are not able to see him in the studio, who only get to enjoy <laughs> his voice. Robert Vogel. Robert Vogel is uh, a man of many titles. Robert is uh, my partner, a friend of mine, a C12 chairman. He's a... Uh, dad and all sorts of other different things. So Robert, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning, Mike. It is really good to be here. Fun to be on the uh, interviewee side? It is. I get to hear about all the great stories that come back from the other members mm-hmm. and what the experience is like, and it's nice to be on the other side. I'm not sure if I want to be on this side of mm-hmm. uh, answering your questions, but nevertheless. This is going to be fun for me. It's all live. We get to ask you whatever we want. Um, your wife and kids have sent me questions to ask you just to keep it interesting. Oh, very good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so briefly introduce yourself. So, Robert, who are you? What does it mean when I say you're a C-12 chairman? Well, for those that are out there in radio land, it would be, uh, again, Robert Vogel, as, as Mike has introduced. Um, certainly a family man, uh, a husband, uh, proud to be married to my bride, and five kiddos, and uh, this amazing vocation of being able to walk hand-in-hand hand with business leaders, owners, um, presidents, and witness what God does in a workplace, in communities, with families, uh, with individuals. It is it is just absolutely amazing to be able to do that. And it seems as if God has just orchestrated my my past um, for this role. So it's been a very exciting journey. So Robert, you and I started doing this together back in 2012, but you've done a lot of different things before then. Briefly, give people a little backdrop of kind of the overall career arc that God used to lead you up to C12. Very good. Well, there's a little precursor to that. What was interesting is I I really wanted to just count birds and be by myself on an island in the Galapagos and be somewhat uh, mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom, no attention to what was going on in society or people. And here I am, just the antithesis of that. But uh, my journey certainly would begin, uh, the biggest piece would be in the, in the corporate world, working for a, a large corporate grocery chain, and the opportunity to live through 12 different roles over a 17-year career gave me this beautiful uh, view of a supply chain from cradle to grave as to what, what happens all the way into manufacturing, um, all the way to the farmer, let's say, to bringing it to shelf and then to the customer. 
and uh, then an opportunity to be able to do a startup and build a business and what it means to, to, to go in with almost nothing and then build an organization up and all the pieces of what that looks like for an entrepreneur. And then somehow God threw a curveball, and I was thrown into nonprofit for about a year and a half. And uh, that was just an amazing experience to be able to understand the different hats somebody in a nonprofit would have to do dealing with a philanthropist on one side, uh, the government on the other side, and then the least of these propositions. And those three hats are not an easy, easy gig to be able to walk through. And then C12 finds me in that. So um, it, it's as if he has really orchestrated the experiences, um, the skill sets, and the education for me to be able to do this very thing that he has me doing. So this is the C12 Faith and Business Show. You're involved in this thing called C12, which we'll circle back to in a moment. Why are you passionate about faith and business? Why do you, what do you believe about the intersection of those two things? There is something about a, a business leader, an entrepreneur. This is a type A, high D type individual that is going to change the world, conquer the world, whatever it is that they happen to be chasing. And uh, successful they're doing these things. They're getting all the things that the world uh, seems to offer them. They want to add another zero to the bottom line, uh, squeeze something out, and performance, uh, let's say their success being measured in this way. And then all of a sudden there's, there's this tip, there's a, a tick uh, that happens in their heart where they come to a place that say, is this, is this it? Um, is it really just another zero? Is it another day of drudgery doing the same thing? And when that happens, when, when that leader you see that in their in their eyes. Um, there's a sparkle there, and uh, being able to walk with that individual and say, "What is your purpose? Why has God placed you on this earth? What does it mean to fully express what God brings into each of us to tell His story, our version of His story, which has been told again and again and again? But what is the version that that has been woven in the tapestry of that leader, and be able to nurture that and walk with that and see the community press in on that?" Um, uh, to me, that's just a high five. That's that's winning the Super Bowl and uh, being able to see that because of uh, uh, the ripple effect of what it means in the community, what it means to the individuals in their supply chain, in the families, the communities, the state, the the nation, and and thus back to our motto: change the world by bringing forth the kingdom of God into the marketplace. What, what does that mean to to just grab a hold of that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's words can't express it, mm-hmm. but this is what we're trying to do: is right. express it. Right, right, right. <laughs> that's what the show's about. It's more than one program, more than one episode. What? So you came across C12. Why C12? Why did that make sense for you? Why did you decide to go from all these different career things you've done? You had this passion conviction. What made you choose C12 as the platform to do this in? And in that, who do you end up serving through C12? How did I get to this place? Um, Well, I'll I'll try to make it a a quick story. I had an executive uh, that was my boss in uh, the organization that I had. And uh, he was, his arms were burned up, came out of a manufacturing facility, and um, he just had a miserable day. It was the day after uh, Father's Day. And I went up to him, and I, I, I asked him, I said, what's up? Are you okay? And he unwrapped his story as to what, it, what had happened in the, in the manufacturing facility. And there's something that hit me very hard. I thought, who is it that encourages the leader? There's, typically, a leader is being asked to encourage the troops, keep the soldiers going, uh, somehow build out uh, the team and create this culture. But who builds the leader up? 
And it hit me at that moment in time that I was wired to do that, uh, certainly encourage those individuals. So when C12 came around and it said this was the opportunity was to, to lean in on a leader, be that trusted advisor, but be in the behind the scene for them to go do a great and amazing things, it just fit right. And, uh, and then, the, of course, the affirmation from all the folks that were around me stated the same thing. They had indicated, Robert, you've been doing this for years. You might as well go do this and let it be what you're all about. I remember, you, I remember your wife saying, oh, my gosh, he spends most of his day doing this. He might as well get paid for it. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Bring home the food in a different way. Yeah, yeah. So through this, what are the types of leaders you get to serve? Is this for everybody? What's, what's the audience you get to serve primarily through your role? Uh, that's that's the the exciting part is um, we we cut uh, across all all industries um, and uh, it's men and women presidents CEOs business owners uh, their key players uh, what ha- what that looks like even even the wives of the CEOs uh, we have expressions to be able to say how again can we bolster that CEO that that business leader in a manner that allows them to be everything that God created them to be and steward the expression that he has placed upon their heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, it's an opportunity to work uh, across the entire grid of, of um, let's say, the body. As you've been doing this now for a few years in, uh, in the C-12 context, and you work with all kinds of leaders, like you said, men, women, CEOs, presidents, key players, businesses range in size, right? Like what's, some, what's the range of size of companies you've served? Well, as small as about six hundred thousand, mm-hmm. even though we we do target folks that are at about a million million dollars in top line revenue, um, up to about one hundred and fifty million. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, pretty pretty broad set of circumstance and context, different scales. What, Absolutely. What are some of the big wins that you see for people as they begin to think about approaching business with a faith integration that people haven't thought about? What do you think are some of the low hanging fruit that people just don't think about? The, the big, the big wins. Um, they're, they're typically the emotional wins. It's easy for a business leader to look at the P and L and say, "Hey, my expenses went down, my sales went up, my margin is better. Look at what we did. We captured a new market. We we brought a new widget uh, to market. Whatever that happens to be, those are exciting. But um, it's it's the the emotional, spiritual wins that are so huge. When when the wife ends up coming to you and saying, the man that I married, I didn't know that he could be as amazing as he is because of how C12 has leaned in on him, how the community has, has, has pressed into him to be the leader that he was supposed to be, or as a father, um, maybe uh, somebody in the community that he's now stepping up, he or she is stepping up in a manner that is changing uh, neighborhoods and what that looks like. Those are, those are the wins. They're the emotional stories uh, that God just continues to pour out uh, that are all around us, it doesn't happen until somebody, one, does something about it and then has something to tell about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, that's the, that, that has to be the most exciting part. It's this uh, uh, purposeful, eternal wins that most people overlook because it doesn't show up on the P&L as easily. What are examples of ways people, um, where, where the person's personal faith begins to express itself in the business that people may not think about? Try asking that one a different way, Mike. Sure. So someone goes, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I run this you know, construction company. Um, and maybe something we can dive into a little deeper after the break in a little bit. But what are some of the areas where that faith begins to actually impact the way they lead a business or the way the business operates that people may not have thought about? Usually how they're going to see or view their customer and their employees. 
um, all of a sudden, in, in some ways, uh, we're objectifying the human being. And we're hoping that we're going to pay them, uh, do something for them, and they're going to return something to us, employee, family, customer, whatever that happens to be. Once they, they, they transition from this objectifying manner, looking at them as children of God, uh, a, an opportunity to share the gospel, an opportunity to disciple those folks, an oppo- opportunity to pour into a least of these proposition, all of a sudden that leader takes on a different persona. And um, people will see uh, really kind of a light that shines from the spirit of that individual. And then they become extremely loyal mm-hmm. to that organization, that leader, and they embark on the journey that has been placed on that organization. It just completely takes a, a different way of moving the organization forward and, and what the outcome is. Well, with that, we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to dive in a little bit more specifically to some some case examples of what you've seen happen in businesses you guys, you're listening to the C12 Faith and Business Show. Our guest today is Robert Vogel. Robert is the managing chair for C12 in Central Texas. And we'll be back in just a few moments to dive into some more cases of what it looks like to integrate faith and business through companies he's helped serve. Stay tuned. Hey, San Antonio. My name is Mike Sher with the C12 Group. What does it mean to follow Jesus while running a company, being a CEO or a local business owner? We believe it matters a lot. In fact, our mission statement at C12 is to change the world by bringing forth the kingdom of God in the marketplace through the lives and companies that Jesus calls to run them for him. Through local groups, we've got over 140 leaders of businesses ranging from a million dollars to a billion dollars who are striving to glorify God in the business. We say we're trying to build great businesses for an even greater purpose. And since 1992, hundreds and thousands of leaders all over the country have found a key to answering those questions about how to run a business in a way that pleases Jesus through being part of local C12 groups. Find out more today by visiting c12group.com. Welcome back to C12 Faith and Business Show. We're on the second half of our program today. We're interviewing Robert Vogel. Robert, if you missed the first part of the show, is the managing chairman for C12 in Central Texas. And he shared a bit about his journey through corporate America, through startups, through nonprofits. I got C12. You began sharing, Robert, about your uh, passion to help people really connect their faith and work in different ways and the the uh, tremendous opportunity to totally shift the way they view people, the way they view the business. And we, we ended the first part of the program with you sharing it. It's a complete shift of how the organization looks at winning. Uh, I'd like to pick back up there. So with the time we got, what does it look like? What are some of the examples of someone saying, I'm going to begin to live out my faith in this business and it changing things? What can that look like? Well, Typically, what it's going to look at is look like is what they're doing or how they're leading and what they do with their time, uh, talents, and energy. Where where that is going. So there's an example would be uh, know of a construction company. And now construction can be somewhat of a dirty industry, and there's <laughs> a lot of yeah. literally, yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff that happens under the table. It's just the way you do business, and it isn't viewed. So you as, mean shady? It's a shady business, okay. Um, and it's just the way it's done, and uh, most folks don't think twice of it. We become numb to what the the industry or the environment is creating. So uh, in this in this case, this individual finally came to a place that, uh, in their life that they weren't going to play by those rules anymore. In doing so, it, it, it becomes an integrity issue for them. They have more integrity. They're showing more integrity to their supply chain, their customers, their vendors, and what that looks like. 
Well, out of that, it, it ends up spinning. They had more time to be able to do some other things, some expressions, because of the fact that their culture then lean, leaned into this business leader, and they started picking up all the little pieces that were following through because they had something purposeful to stand for. And then that ended up kind of morphing into an opportunity to do mission work in Guatemala. And it's a construction company. So what's it like to be able to build homes in Guatemala for a third world country? And then what does it mean to pour into them? And then it moved into, well, you know what? I'm going to take my crews down there once a year on their anniversary, and we're going to go build something that is meaningful. Well, just it it starts to spin. You, you get the flywheel effect of what it means to build into culture and change things. That organization is not the same organization. And what is amazing is that happens in a very short period of time if one is really willing to just step into it. It isn't something that is a, a pie in the sky or a dream that maybe someday I can experience that. It's a here and now thing. Just do we as leaders have the courage to say, I'm going to do business the way God really intended us to do business. I'm sure as you work with leaders uh, who have good desires, right? They're, most people are going to come talk to you at C12. They're Christians. They want to do good. They want to honor God. I'm sure you encounter some um, some lies or, or you know beliefs that kind of get in the way. What are some of the lies you most commonly see that you feel hinder people living out their life at work in a faithful way? A big lie would uh, would be, um, hey, if I do this God's way, I'm going to make so much more money. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Man. Now, that could be part of the game. There goes our book sale, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> it could be part of the game, but it isn't necessarily – uh, what is going to happen. Um, we want excellent businesses, absolutely. We're going to pour into that. It gives us permission to play. We do not want lukewarm businesses. Um, and what what's interesting is that they may show up and they're, they've got a problem maybe on the expense side or maybe on the sales side or, or the throughput side service. And they're thinking that if they're able to fix that, they're going to get another zero and they're doing it God's way, so it must be a good thing. And what they end up finding out, maybe, possibly, is um, that that isn't God's plan. He wants them to steward a great business. They're going to get incremental growth. It's going to be healthy. But what they're going to be able to do in the community just surpasses everything. That leader is full. Their family is full. The organization is full. And many times the leader will say, I didn't know life could be this good. They didn't necessarily need another zero. But in some cases, it is just the opposite. They are all of a sudden growing and expanding, and then God is using that in some way to press into the community. So a lie, it's all about the money. Is there any other lies people encounter trying to live out their faith at work? A big one would be the legal aspect. Um, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. The social slide that we have, it's, it's we can't pray in Christ's name. Well, no, that's a lie. Uh, we can't open a meeting in in prayer. That that's a lie. We can't have a Bible study. No, that's a lie. We can't help people uh, within the folks that we meet in in a day to day basis uh, using Christ as the reason why we do that. Or we can't share the gospel. We get to do all of these things, mm -hmm. but our society has really tried to say no. That isn't PC, and um, as such, we shouldn't do that. Uh, when in reality, we should. Mm -hmm. Well, so, you know, obviously C12 is a forum where a lot of those lies get torn down and people get to see different examples of what is possible, what can happen. What are some of the highlights as you think about, like, just, man, those are my favorite moments where you've seen um, people in C12 see fruit in their business or personal lives as leaders? What would be some of the big wins that you... Mike, we only have a couple of minutes. I know. So just pick a couple of your top ones. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this, the people this you most love. Talk, talk about them. I love them all. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Your most favorite loved. ones. 
Um, you know, I, I would there's we have this this one leader stepped into an organization and was running at status quo. Uh, that's what the expectation was. And don't make a lot of changes. This is what it represented in the community. And um, after about a year's period, uh, a year of time, they realized uh, it was just really a handout. This is a nonprofit organization, a good-sized nonprofit organization, and it was a handout. And um, they wanted to be something more. What does it mean to pour into the organization uh, and change that and truly educate a certain side of town? And um, the leader was worried by making that change that somehow it would turn the community off, it would turn the church off, it would turn the businesses that are supporting them off, and all the little implications along the way. But just the opposite happened. By changing this and pouring into folks to be able to educate them, find jobs, do what they need to do, actually change that side of the community. But there was a worry. All of a sudden, clientele dropped. People weren't showing up, and they just kept pressing, kept pressing, and kept pressing. And uh, the end game is that the organization's never been healthier, and now there is a desire for the city to possibly cookie-cutter this model throughout the city. And that is... that, to me, is just uh, amazingly exciting. Now, I talk about a nonprofit, and it makes it sound like, oh, well, that's easy. They're a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. But I could tell a, a life story with any organization that happens to be in C12. It's just a plethora of these stories that come out as to what it is that God is doing in their lives when they're willing to flip the switch and be obedient. What about a – let's give one more. What's another, what's another example that someone might, might glean something from? I've got a, another exciting one. This was a strategic development opportunity. Uh, this is an organization where uh, family-run business, uh, fourth generation, and there were uh, the family was suing itself. <laughs> and this lawsuit issue had been going on for a long period of time. And uh, they hadn't gotten together around the table in 10 years. And through C12, it was a matter of saying, how do we strategically get everybody on the same page and make a change? and uh, managed to get them all in the same room. It was an emotional day. We're doing strategic work. What is your vision? What is your mission? What is your purpose of the organization? Where is it going to go? What are your core values, et cetera? How do we build all of that out? And when they started understanding, they had a lot more in common than they thought, and they started bonding along the way. It was just an amazing expression. Not only that, but they were this, – this is an entertainment uh, organization sounds like it, and in as an entertainment organization, they didn't want to turn people away because they didn't want to be too overt about their faith. That might destroy their brand. So they thought they didn't realize that their core values are directly tied to scriptural principles that the family had had for generations. They had just forgotten about it. And what did it mean to bring that forward and then allow that to explode within the organization? And there was a lot of healing that came along the way where business, the strategic development aspects or tools, actually mended a family. And um, that's just it was just a, a huge God win. So if someone's listening to today and maybe they, they, um, they run a company or maybe they're leaders in another company or, or maybe they have a job and they're thinking about business more intentionally, what would be some things you would challenge listeners to think about in regards to their life and business as a Christian and in regards to the things that C12 – advocates yeah if if you are if you're a business leader um, you own a business president CEO and uh, you're wondering if the business that you've been asked to steward that's it that's all there is buy another boat get another car look for a vacation home whatever that happens to be um, 
and you're wondering what it might look like in order to change the world, then check out C12 and what it means to live out your faith with what it is that God has asked you to steward. And um, I just I would encourage all business leaders to kind of search their heart and, and say, what is your purpose in life, and how would you express that? And if, if C12 is, is part of that vehicle to be able to help you get from point A to point B, I'd love to be able to have a conversation with you. And what exactly do you do if someone responds to that? What, is, what happens in a C12 meeting? Well, what we're going to do is it's a full-day expression, which is really great because it's a day of respite uh, for that leader once a year to work on the business versus being in the weeds and being in the thick of things. And um, we're going to come together, and we're going to – typically we're going to have a common theme for the day. There is a curriculum that we're going to be going through, and uh, it is a structured day. And we're going to uh, work on a biblical theme, and, and, uh, and then we're going to work on a business application. And this business application is of MBA quality. And then we're going to work on how does ministry play out in your business. And in each one of these uh, arenas, it's going to provoke a lot of action upon the leader to say, this is what I need to do. We typically are going to ask that individual to grab a hold of one or two great ideas that they've gotten out of the day, and then we're going to hold them accountable over the next 30 days. We're going to provide them with more resources, more tools to be able to make that aspect move forward in some way. We, I like to say move the needle forward or move the bead forward. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure that those things happen. Interestingly enough, many times they know what they need to do, but there isn't anyone there to hold them accountable. And as business leaders, solo artists die. And the reality of it is God created community for a reason. So what does it mean to be with like-minded community to push it forward? If someone wants to get in touch with you, where would they find you? What's your website? We happen to be found at uh, www.c12centraltx.com for Central Texas. And uh, uh, on that site, you're going to be able to see our entire team of chairmen and click away and explore C12. Thanks, Robert. Friends, you've been listening to the C12 Faith and Business Show. Tune in next week for more interviews as we talk to local leaders about what it looks like to live one life in Christ in the marketplace.